Howdy, and welcome to episode 14 of Talking Shit About with me, Elizabeth. It's August, which means it's officially been a year of the podcast. Whoop, 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 whoop. Really, thank you to everyone who's supported me so far, or who's going to support me. You know, maybe this is your first episode. Welcome. It's an intense one to jump into. I looked online, and there are about 2 million podcasts on Apple Podcasts, but According to imore.com, about 26% of those only have one episode, and almost two-thirds have three or fewer episodes. So I'm feeling pretty good. Granted, a lot of those are probably weekly podcasts, and I only come out the first Friday of each month, but, you know, still, I'm giving myself a little pat on the back. So this episode, we're talking about grief, we're talking about death, we're talking about loss, we will be mentioning suicide and child abuse, so please keep that in mind. Uh, To my dear family, I talk a little bit about dad. It lasts a minute. I give you a heads up. So, you know, if that you want to skip that, that's totally fine. And I'm really excited for you to listen to this conversation with Ferd. He's very cool. He's very funny. And I'm going to go ahead and let us start talking some shit. today with Ferd. You down to use your full name, I guess? Yeah. yeah. should ask that earlier. Ferdinand Poe. Yes, indeed. A comedian and artist here in Missoula for our second part of Talking Shit About Grief. Ferd, hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm nervous to talk about sad things. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least it's a beautiful day and there's people yelling about not being junkies and there's some good old American rock playing in the background. You're so. really setting the scene. Yeah, yeah. it's gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll first, before we like get into heavy shit, let you talk about yourself and what kind of makes Ferd Ferd. Okay, cool. I love talking about myself. Um, I think like if I were to just like throw out the keywords, comedian's definitely one of them. Um, indigenous, neurodivergent, trans, and super cool. I would say. Yeah, I am a father and that takes up most of my time, honestly. So I probably should have started with that one, <laughs> but that's basically all there is to it in a nutshell. There's not a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. And you just launched a Patreon. I right? did. Yeah. I yes. launched a, a Patreon. It's called Radish Prints. Um, and I do um, printable activities, coloring books, uh, just weird art coloring sheets, like just kind of Uh, greeting cards that are completely unnecessary um, for weird situations. Uh, I'm trying to just uh, keep it really loose on what I'm doing because I just want to enjoy what I'm doing, you know? Yeah, 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 that's a fun way to go about it. Totally. Yeah, you don't have to worry about, like, if you don't meet an expectation, then, you know. Right. As long as I'm throwing something out once a week, then I feel pretty good about it. And if one day I feel like, oh, I'm going to make, like, a like a thing that you fold and it becomes a different picture, then I can do that. And if the next, you know, if I get tired of what I'm doing, then I'll just switch what I'm doing. Yeah. 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 That's an ADHD thing. I'm planning ahead. <laughs> I'm trying to th- I've been trying to think of a graceful segue. So we're talking about loss and grief on this series. So, you know, I'm going to open, open the floodgates. Let's and do it. 
Yeah, so you lost your mom recently. Yeah, in December. In December, so yeah, that's pretty recent. Yeah, and it was kind of expected in a way because she was sick for a long time. Mm -hmm. And she made it years past where we thought that she would. Mm -hmm. And it still was like unthinkable somehow when it happened, you know? Mm -hmm. I just was like, oh, on a Tuesday? Just like whenever? You're okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a really hard experience. I don't know how structured this is. Should I just be talking? Yeah, just talk. And then if you don't know what to say, just let me know and then... Totally. It was um, kind of a complicated grief too because I I had a kind of a weird relationship with my mom for many years here. And well, all our life. But there were like times when we tried to repair things and stuff like that. But coming out as trans was like not her favorite. Um, And we had just started trying to patch things up with that. But there was also like... You know kind of a big thing was that I had found out that she there was like some physical abuse when she was watching my kid which uh, you know I lost it and we stopped talking and then my kid like a year later was like I'm mad at you because I want to talk to grandma and I was like okay but I have to be there the whole time and stuff so it's been complicated with just you know the idea because you know I loved my mom I mean I still love my mom mm-hmm. Or the idea of her I don't know but there's just like a lot of like resentment and anger and like kind of and also like um, a lot of guilt like oh man maybe I could have figured it out more so we could have been closer like you feel like you lost something that you could have had you know and so that's been probably the most complicated part of it and then also just helping my kid go through grief with everything that was complicated for them with her too you know so it's been like it is not in my wheelhouse and I'm not good at it but we're just doing it because yeah. you have to you know yeah yeah what did you so when you very first found out that your mom was sick how did you feel then compared to um, when you found out the news yeah that's such a great question um, when I realized that like we were talking about like something terminal it almost feels like like part of the grieving got done right then sort of you know because mm-hmm. you're just face to face with the idea that you're parent is like susceptible to mortality which obviously but you know yeah but uh it was definitely stressful and uh like devastating to find out and I think that I gave myself too much credit as far as like I was like yeah so I'm expecting this you know like I said like I'm gonna I got this figured out when it happens I've already gone through all these things and I could not have been more wrong that was like such oh the hubris is just insane (laughs) yeah I think this isn't exactly your question but I think it's kind of like there's this feeling of guilt there too because when you have somebody in your life who is sick for a long time I don't think that it's super uncommon to like sometimes have these like guilty thoughts of like oh man I almost just want it to be over with because there's like this that that hovering feeling of grief that's just like ready to like be on you and so there's like this anxiety there and of course you don't want somebody that you love to be dead or something but like it was almost like oh I just I need to get over like I just need to get it over with or something Mm -hmm. and you know it was never anything that I would ever say out loud to anyone I say it on your podcast um but at the time you know no one listens (laughs) (laughs) feeling very free right now um but yeah I part of the idea of like not putting shame into those like kind of like natural thoughts that happen is just saying it out loud you know because shame can't really live in the daylight and so like admitting that to myself that I had had those thoughts was uh an important turning point for me in my grief because I think the the guilt of that it like and it's kind of like this like magic thinking where you're like I caused it because Mm -hmm. I thought that one time you know yeah yeah so 
yeah. Yeah, grief, like, I don't know. You don't really know how it's going to affect you until it does. And right. It's like, I'm crying into the smoothie at the, I almost said the name of the store, um, and this business, and because a classic rock is like, a song is yeah. playing, that reminds me of my dad, and then, like, yeah, and the next minute you're angry, and you're like, why didn't I, like, email so-and-so, or whatever, yeah. and it's, yeah, it's just, like, all over the place. It really is, and I, like, I didn't, um, I didn't cry when we went to, like, I went to the hospital when it was happening, but everyone was too late, she died alone, and they were like, do you want to see the body, and I was like, oh, weird, but yeah, I guess, you know, and they had, didn't even, like, take the tubes out of her or anything like that before, okay. they did eventually before the grandkids came in, which is good, because I was like, that's probably gonna haunt their dreams forever. But I remember, like, my brother is crying, my mom's husband is crying, and, like, and I'm the crier, you know, like, I cry all the time. If you just, I just see, like, a cat high-five a toddler on a video and I'm bawling, right? But I just wasn't, and I was sad, I was devastated, and I remember, like, kind of feeling, like, what the fuck is wrong with me that I'm not crying right now? Um, and it took me a really long time to cry about it, actually. Um, and it was like one of those situations where I was just like doing errands and I, nothing happened There was like no trigger that was like that reminds me of my mom I was just like, oh, here we go, you know, and I just like started bawling. I was like cool. I'm in public. This is excellent I love this everyone's very comfortable with this, you know, but I'm glad that it did happen eventually because that there's some healing in that too for sure Yeah, feeling your emotions is like number one thing yeah that you got to deal with yeah and I think it's weird because like trying to like force yourself through it too because I kind of had like this mindset of like oh, okay so if it's a process then I can get to the other end of it and so I'm I'm gonna like go through pictures I'm gonna I'm gonna talk you know like tell all these stories I'm gonna write jokes I'm gonna do all this stuff because I'm just gonna fucking barrel through and I think like honestly I think that my grieving process is really slow and there's nothing I can do about it you know yeah. so yeah, all that did was hurt me, I think, <laughs> by, like, going too fast with it, you know, or trying to. Like, yeah. you have to sit with your emotions when they hit you, but there's also no way to just be like, okay, now, now I'll do it then. I have a weekend off, let's do this, you know. It doesn't work that way either. Yeah. Yeah. So, introspection and feeling your emotions, again, key. Um, are there other things that you have found have been, like, really helpful or just feel good? Yeah, I think one of the coolest things that, um, happened that like as far as like what helped was storytelling uh, mm -hmm. with people that knew my mom as well and part of that was like really humbling everything that happens to me is humbling <laughs> but um, because like there were stories from like my older cousins who my mom before I was born when their dad died she went in like up to Alaska and like lived with them and they had these stories where they were like oh and she wrote poetry every day and bacon and eggs all the time and like I have all these beautiful memories of your mom dancing around and that is not the mother that I know she never listened to music I went to school for poetry I didn't even she said she hated it like I, I've never seen her write a word unless it was a grocery list you know and so I was like at first I was kind of like pissed a little bit I was like my mom did that for you like but it's a uh, it's cool to realize that whatever my experience of of my mom was like it's still it's not fully it's not all the dimensions of who she was and that was like really helpful for some reason you know like yeah. I really liked that and also just like hearing little silly stories that I would have you know never I'm not really that close with my mom's side you know mm -hmm. but like when grief happens you know um and she has a twin and uh he was telling me a story where his my cousin hit her up on her birthday and was like happy birthday aunt brenda and 
she was like, oh my God, you remembered my birthday? That's so sweet. And he was like, yeah, it's my dad's birthday or whatever. And like, just like these little jokes, uh, like when you're feeling so low about something, it's like, and then like something like that happens, it's, it's like you get like a little part back sort of, you know? And I love that. Do you have good memories with your mom? Yeah. Yeah, and actually this was like one of the things when I was like thinking about things where I was like I had like I had like a bunch of stories that weren't necessarily like good stories, you know, and I was like this isn't like appropriate to tell right now with these other people who are grieving, that's not helping, you know. But uh and I was like having a hard time like thinking of like these good memories. And just lately there's been like a few that pop up and they're just really small things, you know? Mm-hmm. Like like one time I walked into her room when she was getting dressed and I was like 9 or something and she was wearing this fanny pack. And I was like, where'd you get that? And I went to go touch it because I was like, if you have fanny pack mm-hmm. money, then you have McDonald's money for sure. Yeah. You know, like, where'd you get that? And I touched it and it was just like her, you know, it was her belly with mm-hmm. underwear pulled over, like too high over like where her pants were. And like that, like for some reason, we both like lost our minds in that moment and like laughed for like 20 minutes about it. And it's like, I don't know, like some of it isn't like really translatable for like why it was good, you know, mm-hmm. but my mom was a very like, she didn't. She was, she just was working all the time, going to school. I was like latchkey kid. We just, she wasn't, she was always stressed for like most of my childhood. And like, um, so it's like these kind of moments where, where we could bond over like just being silly or something like that. And a lot of those come up a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, were you an only kid? No. So um, there's eight of us, but with my mom, there was just my other brother, who's my half brother. But we, I like spent most of my childhood just growing up with that brother and uh they were older than me by a year and a half but in many ways they were kind of like my younger brother for reasons and my mom and my brother always had like a like their relationship they just understood each other they think the same way they're very similar they like a lot of the same things and I really wasn't in that a lot of the time so they were like much like she loved us the same whatever but like they were much closer and even like throughout adulthood and stuff they definitely were yeah yeah so when it you know when timer heard all like you know was there and like bawling and stuff there was definitely a lot of anger and they like timer he was kind of like mad at me for a while because i was just like grieving differently and like slower probably you know and was just like what the fuck you know but Good luck editing out all those you knows. No. <laughs> so good. I leave in a lot of my likes. It keeps me humble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it happened during the pandemic. Did you guys have a memorial service? Yeah, yeah. There was a memorial service, which I um, did not go to. And that has to do with a lot of, like, my mom's family. Not a huge fan of me and my, like, just who I am, you know? I almost said choices, but let's be real. Yeah. No one chooses that. But, uh, and I just, like, I don't know. In my mind, I was being, I think people were mad at me for that anyway, for not going. But in my mind, I was being, like, respectful and being, like, I'm not the only one grieving here. I'm not gonna, like, cause shit just with my very presence, you know? Mm. Um, and I do kind of regret that a little bit, but I think, because people are so mad at me about it, but I think I made the right choice because I think shit would have gone down. Because when you're grieving, like, I'm already kind of a little bit, like, I don't know, outspoken, I guess. And I was not in a good place. Nobody was. I'm sure if something would have been said, I would have ruined it, you know? I don't really, I didn't really trust myself to just 
like suck it up and you know take take all of it yeah yeah so I think it was for the best because I don't think like a fist fight at the funeral <laughs> service is like I don't know it's pretty on brand for the family but I still don't feel like we needed it in yeah. the scrapbooks or anything you yeah. know she got buried in Libby and I still haven't gone out to the grave but I that's what I'd like to do this summer um, and just kind of like dip in and try to be in Libby without everyone knowing which is impossible probably but Roman my mom was like obsessed with salt and my kid Roman was like we should bring a salt lick to grandma's uh, grave because that'll be funny and I was like it will <laughs> be funny yeah I loved that so much yeah yeah but did def didn't do the service I watched it online though because mm. everything's on zoom yeah. and so that was kind of weird because I was like I felt kind of like creepy about it or something uh -huh. sort of you know but got to be there in spirit yeah so I know that your mom passed because of like social media but that's how like I know anything about anyone anymore yeah through social media and I know sometimes you're like vulnerable on it and stuff so kind of like building a parasocial relationship with you totally. through like you're posting but um I mean yeah yeah I feel like you probably make some like connections with people do you feel like it's helpful like in a way yeah so I think there were good things about throwing it all out there and there were bad things too and the bad things were nobody's fault either. I think when people, I'm lucky because people care about me and they wanted to be helpful, mm -hmm. right? But there was also like this thing where like, it's this unfair expectation that I didn't, I don't usually feel this about like when I throw out things that are personal, but like where there was just sort of this thing where like some people would like say something and, and in my mind, I'm like, fuck you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just cause I'm mad and sad, you know? Yeah. Um, and you're like, nobody understands me. Cause when you're sad, you're like, I'm an island or whatever. Uh -huh. But it was also helpful because um, I think that what, what that really granted me was like a lot of space mm -hmm. to like just not be okay and everyone to know why, you know, which yeah. is really what I needed, you know? So that was good. But there were like a few situations where like somebody came over to my house uninvited to like drop off stuff and I like just didn't answer the door and they were texting me being like I have stuff for you and I was like no and they just like left it or whatever but just like and in my mind I was like this is the worst thing no one can look upon me you know yeah. so do you think that would have been different if there weren't a pandemic happening yeah maybe I mean I feel like maybe if I, the pandemic if this had happened pre-pandemic then I would have like different boundaries with that in general you know but I think just since the pandemic uh, just the idea of somebody just dropping by is like really I'm like how uncouth like how dare you yeah um, so and I used to kind of have the house where like friends would just like oh just come by if you're around sort of you know I live downtown like just like walk in and grab something from my fridge if I'm not there whatever you know and it, that changed completely for sure so yeah but also when I'm like I knew I wasn't okay and I was grieving uh, you know, in a really like gross way, just in from a like, like in a visceral way. I just like wasn't showering or like, you know, I think that's pretty normal. Um, and I just, the idea of anyone, like people were like, can I drop by and give you a hug? And I was like, do not ever think about touching me. Like, you know, I <laughs> yeah. just, yeah. I was like grossed out with myself and didn't want people physically around for sure. Yeah. Was there anything that helped you like get out of that or was it just kind of time? Yeah, you know, I, I do think that time was probably the biggest factor. Like I said, I really tried to like barrel my way through things. I was like, yeah, I'll just, and that 
doesn't, I don't think I had any control. It was just like me trying to feel in control of something. Um, I think time is the number one thing. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. I have, I, even after, like, I mean, it's not after, I'm still grieving, but you know, um, it's better now. And uh, you would think like I had like some kind of like understanding of how I got to here and I don't. Mm -hmm. So it has to just be time, you know. So is your mom like the first person in your family that you were close to? that you've lost? No, so um, my family on both sides is pretty riddled with like mental illness and like um, addiction issues and stuff like that and um, and also just health issues. So I've had quite a few people in my family go. The mom strain is hits different for sure. Uh, <laughs> like parent stuff, it's way different. But like I've lost, and you know, and just like grandparents to old age, but then like lots of cousins and um, you know some uncles for various reasons, and um, and also just like a lot of friends in my life have definitely are gone, and I guess that's part of the reason why I thought I was going to be able to like handle shit better, because I was like, oh yeah, I've done this. But like I, it, every, it's different every time and for each person and where they're at and what the relationship was and like fucking whatever, where the planets are, who knows? Like it's so, yeah. I don't think that grief is a skill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's really sage advice. Yeah, when my dad died and I went through all that shit, I was like, you know what? I'm pretty good about this you know I can be a therapist whatever yeah yeah um and then yeah I had a friend die and that was and we weren't even that close we just like he was the DJ that I trained at the station and like hung out a couple times but he was just really nice and that fucked me up for like a month I was just like so depressed yeah and yeah you just never know like totally how it's gonna hit you yeah absolutely and I've had things like that where like I just find out that like a high school boyfriend is dead or something and I'm like I haven't thought about him in 10 years and I'm just like like it feels like like devastated and then like a little bit like like gross where I'm like this isn't my grief I don't get to have this or whatever yeah and then yeah. oh my god I felt that yeah totally. I felt that same thing yeah which is silly though because it's like of course you can just it's not like you're like showing up and being like to the funeral or something and be yeah. like I, I want to say something or something you know what I yeah, mean like yeah. yeah feel how you feel it's weird how much shame can just go into like the natural like just what you're feeling you know yeah, or what you're not feeling. Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Or like, um, everyone grieves different, you know? Um, and like, I had a lot of guilt because I did grieve differently um, than a lot of other people that my mom were close to, you know? Where I did, like, like I was making lots of like pretty dark jokes with my close friends. Like not just blasting it out there or something. And, uh, you know, some people, when, when people die, it's like really important for them to like you know create this the way that they want to honor a memory is by like taking the best parts of a person and like really cementing that for themselves and I don't know for me that feels disrespectful in a way you know mm -hmm. to like I want all of the gross stuff to still be there I don't want like like purification of my mom you know especially because yeah. it was so complicated so I feel like that was not it made me feel guilty a little bit because I was like why is this funny to me you know but it wasn't it's not really funny I was just like desperately trying to make it okay or like I think one of the huge things about grief is that um, it's such a lack of control and part of like the grieving process in my mind anyway um, for everyone in so many different ways it's like super loose but is like how do you get that control back some people get really religious 
you know, some people want to like define the narrative. Some people, you know, some people get really into the logistics of death and they're like the person who's like, I know the plot and I know what's going on and I'm going to look at the finances and I'm going to, and that's like, cause they're like, I'm going to control something. And I think maybe not everyone, but I, I see that happen with a lot of different people in a lot of different ways of like, where does that control come in? And for me, like part of that was controlling the narrative, but not necessarily in that hairification way, just like being like, I can make this okay through jokes or something, you know? Yeah. 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 I do the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dad jokes. I don't know. Yeah. Fun. I mean, yeah, yeah, totally. And I mean, they can make people pretty uncomfortable, but if you have another, like somebody with another dead parent, you're just like, zing, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, long before my dad passed, I was watching Batman with a friend. I think it was the one, it was like the eighties or nineties one. Um, is it the Val Kilmer one? It doesn't matter. Um, Batgirl's in it. Okay. But, yeah. um, her parents die and then it's so it's Robin, Batgirl, and Batman, and they're talking about it, and I'm like, oh, it's the Dead Parent Club, <laughs> and I look over at my friend whose mom just like died, yeah. and I was like, oh, sorry. And he was like, no, it's fine, it's funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool, thank God. But yeah, totally. I mean, that's so funny because like my friend Brady, she was making like all like a bunch of jokes because she got the vibe for me to do that, you know, mm-hmm. and like. And we were, in, I can't remember who it was, but we were in front of another friend and, you know, she was like really throwing them out there or whatever. And my other friend was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And it was like almost a fight. And I was like, I'm not like physically laughing right now, but it's helpful that she's doing that. That's okay. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Two kinds of friends. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 Is there anything that someone has said that's been particularly unhelpful? Yeah. I think there's been like... I, okay, so I think the biggest thing is is that sometimes be, when people... Okay, so th- I got two things. The first one is is when people say, if you need anything, let me know. Because you literally don't know what you need. It's so much more helpful if somebody is just like, guess what? I, di- I went to your house and I cleaned it. Or whatever the fuck is the thing, you know, which did happen for me because my friends are rad, you know? And I just like came home and my shit was clean. And I was like, thanks, because I'm disgusting right now. But like this, I- this idea of like when you don't know what you need sort of and you're like it's like it just feels like kind of like an empty thing and I know people don't mean it that way I'm sure when people say that when they're just like if you need anything let me know they like truly mean that you could do that but it's like it's like an empty offer sort of when you don't know what the fuck you need or what you're going to need or what that person's boundary is gonna be like what if I'm like I need meth like, right, I need copious yeah. amounts of meth. And, like, is that person going to deliver? Or is that person going to be like, I don't I don't think that's what you need. I think that's a terrible idea. That's such so. a good point, too, you know. Yeah. And I think that's what, like, stops you when, like, from, like, even asking for anything, you know. Because that's, you know, it's a funny example. But, like, what if you really were just like, yeah, man, I, I need, like, somebody to take my kid for the day or something. And they were just like, nah, then that would, like... Ooh, yeah. Yeah, and then you wouldn't ask for help another time. Of course. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. that's there's a lot of shame with asking for help built up in our culture too. You know. Yeah. And I interrupted you. You said there was a second thing that's oh. unhelpful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Where was I going with that? Um, okay. So the other one is kind of like uh, it's almost like the opposite, where it's like too specific because somebody has also gone through grief, and they, you know, they know how what helped them or they know like what that felt for them and sometimes 
like and people will just be like yep this is this is what you got to do because this is what like helps you know you just get and uh like even though you don't want to just shower every day or whatever the hell the thing is you yeah. know and that was really frustrating and unhelpful just from the thing where like I mean, I was already in, like, kind of the angsty place of, like, you don't get it. Nobody gets it, you know? Yeah. Um, but that I think that's true for literally everyone who's grieving. No one can truly understand that exact brand of grief and what's going to help the person really, you know? Um, and so that was really obnoxious to me, at least. It was, yeah, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't harmful, but definitely not helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the thing that people say all the time is, like, you never stop grieving, you know? And that, I guess that's probably true. You know, I don't know yet, but um, <laughs> I've never have. But um, but it's definitely different though too. And so like when you're in the middle of like the shit, when it's like the worst it's going to be probably, you know, and you don't know like how to get out of it and people say, yeah, and that'll never stop. That also kind of is like shit, you know, yeah. because things do get easier because you have to keep living and so you do right so um I could have done without that as well I think yeah I think they mean like you'll always still feel it like right. you'll never be like but I totally yeah see what you're totally saying. Yeah. yeah and I, I I think that that is what's meant with it I think it was just like a really scary thought to me you yeah know what I mean yeah it's like yeah when you're depressed and you're like oh I'm just gonna cycle again and then I'm gonna be depressed again yeah so, yeah yeah exactly yeah but I don't, yeah, and I don't think that it's, like, necessarily a bad thing to say either because there is something about grief, too, where you kind of don't want to let go of it either because you only have so much left of the person, you know? And so, like, somebody being like, and you never stop, you're like, good, because that would make me feel bad, you know, if I yeah. didn't feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I go back and forth on the, oh, that person would have wanted it this way or, like, that person would have wanted it that way. Yeah. Like, advice or, I guess... Yeah. Um, just because it's like, we don't know. I mean, people fucking tro like, showed their true colors over the pandemic. Who knows what my dad would fucking think now? Like, right. Or yeah. what he would actually want. I mean, like, there's some things, you know, like, obviously, I imagine he would want me happy. Yeah. But, that like, seems like pretty fair to yeah, imagine. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. That was something. But maybe he didn't. <laughs> I don't maybe, know. Maybe that's why he died in the first place. Just to <laughs> fuck you up. <laughs> Can I ask how your dad passed? This is gonna be a good one. You ready? Yeah. It was suicide. Oh yeah, that's yep. okay. Yeah, that goes so perfectly into that joke. It's like we planned that. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. That's a that's a hard one. Yeah. Um. And it was something that like I never really expected it to happen, but I also like wasn't surprised. Yeah. Totally. Um. Because he had struggled a lot, and um, I think it was really interesting the way you mentioned um, like building the narrative or just the different ways that people cope because being very analytical about it has like helped me recently yeah cool. yeah because you know it comes and goes the grief and recently I was just like you know what I have a bunch of questions like all I know is that he like died by gunshot yeah um and sorry family if this is too much for you I'll put it in the notes um <laughs> but uh it helped me like I like requested the autopsy report and everything so yeah. I was like you know was he drunk was he this was he that and it answered a bunch of those questions for me. And so now I don't have like the what if, what if that's been driving me crazy for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's not easy to look at, but not, it's no. not pictures, but like, well, thank of course. God. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's definitely helped. I but can... for some people that'd probably be horrible. They would probably have a terrible time reading that. But yeah. I love true crime. Yeah. It's in a really fucked up way. It helped me. I can see that helping a lot, you know, like yeah. I think 
so not necessarily with those specific logistics and stuff because that doesn't fit my situation with my mom but like keeping like an analytical mind or like a I don't know maybe analytical isn't the word but like objective yeah objective just like really trying to uh, avoid like these kind of like these comforting cliches and stuff which maybe isn't good to, like for some people that's that's what you need right mm -hmm. like and that's what is like the good thing to do I really like not having that like I am my my brother had like this thing where he was like yeah you know the day that mom died there was like this this like light bulb in my apartment in the hall and it just shattered as I was walking out and I just knew something was wrong or like things like that and or like my a bear came to my dad's house or not my dad my mom's husband um I never called him that but uh and like the night that she died and just like was by the window and then took off and he was like that was her or whatever and I was like oh I really like that like I like the the narrative of that right mm -hmm. but it's like important for me to know also that like for just my own belief system and stuff I'm like she's not here or like you know when people are like that's what she would have wanted there's something in that for like honoring the person but I'm not like worried about her like having some kind of like cognition somewhere out in the universe like Being looking like, down God damn it for yeah, yeah exactly yeah those times are done we've <laughs> yeah. had enough of that yeah 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 totally yeah it's like life's hard enough without like guilt of like a dead parent like thinking about what they would judge you for totally. like that's, that's too yeah. much yeah like, yeah, and especially, like, in death, apparently they can just, like, you know, there's, like, this idea where they're, like, they're always looking down on you, and it's kind of like, uh, don't all the time. I, that's, you're not going to be happy. Don't tell God what you see, you know. Are you spiritual at all, then, or not really? Not really. I think, you know, I do, like, you know, I do, like, all, like, the tarot and stuff like that, but even that's, like, I think of that as just, like, a system of symbolics to help you have a conversation with yourself that you might not otherwise have like I'm very like obnoxious to a lot of people who are into that stuff because I'm like I don't have any spiritual belief really but I think that like I can still find like beauty and comfort in the idea that like yeah when you're dead you're gone like there is something to that there are things that you can find about that that are like comforting or you know okay but my mom got really religious because she had the time to get sick and to be scared about mm -hmm. dying right mm -hmm. and that's like a common thing that people do with that which is not me knocking on religion at all yeah you know yeah. like I think it's a great thing to have I just don't and that was kind of weird because we did not grow up religious at all you know mm -hmm. and then and, and like I never really knew what to say when she was you know just being like and I know God will take me and stuff because I can't be like hell yeah he will you yeah. know, because that, that would be dishonest, but I, but it also sounds like, like, kind of shitty to just be like, I'm glad you think that, or something, you yeah. know, so it was, like, kind of a, a dance to respect that a little bit. Yeah, there was this point after my dad died, and I was talking to his sister, I think I actually read about this in my um, senior paper for college, she mentioned this scenario, and she said um, she, like, heard my dad speak to her and she's like very religious um so you know it was like through god basically or what i imagine and yeah i remember feeling kind of jealous yeah man i wish i had that but i don't <laughs> totally. he's just gone yeah um but then when i had my manic episode it turns out i'm very similar to my dad um <laughs> biologically um that makes sense and i was speeding down the highway i was driving back it was like the week the pandemic was announced, I was driving back from aimlessly wandering the coast, trying to start a new life. And <laughs> so I was listening to like a classic rock station because I didn't have my phone, I had left it. And 
I just had this like the closest thing I can feel to a spiritual moment of like holy shit this is how my dad felt like when he would like go off and do shit or like you know just act really fucking weird like this is it yeah like, this is what it feels and it was just like this huge relief and like I was like okay I can go back and face the fire I don't remember yeah. the words but yeah that's amazing because yeah. like a situation like that you know I, I said before like you know there's these little things that like that allow you to like still kind of like feel close to them or like a connection that's there and like something like that it, where you're just like you know you're overlaid you're just like laying over like your dad's like shit right over yours and like maybe it's not you know I don't want to like romanticize mental illness or whatever yeah. but there is something to that to just mm -hmm. be like ah oh, I'm in my dad's headspace right now yeah. You know? yeah that's wild yeah maybe I'll get some of that at some point because <laughs> I never really had that with my mom being alive at all like we we're so different in just every way um, except we're both short, I guess. We got that. Maybe if I'm, like, reaching for something up high, I'll be like, this is what my mom felt. Not quite the same. Not the same. <laughs> do, you have, do you have any of your mannerisms or anything that you notice? Uh, I think probably, you know, it's always hard to tell because it's, like, the stuff you came up with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't, not to my knowledge, but there must be something, you know, and it would be cool to just, like, realize something about that at some point. I look a lot like her. You know, yeah. so that's something cool. Less and less all the time with testosterone. You know? <laughs> but yeah, she was like, she definitely had like her like she had depression and stuff, which like I've got as well. But like just even the way that we both went about it was very different. She kind of had like this old school thing though, where like I don't think that she had less depression, but she just had like some kind of like like the shame or anxiety of like not performing while in an episode mm -hmm. was like would like overpower the kind of things where I'm just like I guess I don't do shit I guess I'm a piece of shit you know and I just don't and mm -hmm. she just like really did just power through a lot of that stuff and I think it used to like kind of like confuse her with me where she was like why don't you care about just doing these things you know and I was like I do but I just can't and like yeah. to her she was like fuck you you know yeah she did so much but you seem like you do a lot Man, I don't know. I feel like if you just wanted to follow me around for a couple of days, you probably wouldn't think that so much. <laughs> um, I'm try. I feel like a, too much of my time is is like literally just like disassociating into like a wall or something, <laughs> yeah. and then I'm like, oh shit. Okay, well I got, I'm late. It's better than doom scrolling. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing better about that lately in general. Uh, maybe my like frustration with like uh, putting grief out into there actually helped a little bit to take steps back honestly yeah yeah, yeah. what advice do you have somebody <laughs> what advice do you have for somebody going through something similar like when you were first um going through everything you know advice for your younger self too yeah okay so and it's it makes it easier to answer when it's like advice for younger self because first off nobody knows shit that just right off the bat like you're not gonna find like the perfect advice no one's gonna be able to guide you through this in a way that is gonna make sense for you probably um, and also the idea that it is a process there might be some truth to that but also the idea of a process really does have that idea that like oh yeah it's a thing that I will complete and then I'll just get to the other side and when I figure out how it works I'll just put the pieces together and I'll just roll through that is like not well, maybe it will for you, too, because like, like I said, everyone's different. But for me, 
that's not true and I wish I would have like really understood that much earlier that like um, and like take your time and like be nice to yourself because you're just not gonna be okay for a while and you're just gonna kind of suck for a while like at all the things that you need to do you'll probably be a sucky person to be around most of the time uh, you know and just like give yourself room to just suck because you are going to for a while and it makes sense that you do yeah 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 because I was like mean to people who are being very nice to me and shit you know oh, yeah like yeah I mean it's easy yeah well, I was just like angry and stuff and didn't realize how angry I was mm -hmm. and just yeah they say anger is a secondary emotion I don't really know what that means but I hear it a lot I mean okay um as somebody who's been institutionalized let me tell you um but like yeah the idea is that there's like these like softer emotions or whatever um my big air quotes that for no reason because it's a microphone but you know things that are like a little bit more real like fear and you know uh guilt uh or shame more you know these things like that and that like we don't know how to process that or do that and so then it just like goes to anger which totally checks out for me that's like if I sit there and like think about why am I really angry it's usually just because I'm being kind of a coward about things like that you know yeah is there anything else you want to touch on or any stories that came back? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, I thought I did have one while we were talking, um, but I didn't want to interrupt myself because I don't know how to remember what I think. It'd be really nice to just think of like this perfect thing that right? would like just be like, oh, here's like a little flavor of like who my mom was or something, you know? Well, it's like you said, it's those things that are like in the moment. Like yeah. those little moments and stuff that really make a person. Totally. And like, it's you hard can to... be like the time we went to Disneyland, but that's a memory of Disneyland, you know? Right. Yeah. And it, it is like all the ones that have been popping up are just like these small things, you know, like just like, like, and they're not all like sweet or anything. Like I remember, okay. So like one, a memory that I have that I just love of my mom and it makes me laugh so much. And it like is... You don't know why if you don't know my mom, but it is like defining of her where like for some reason when I was 14, she decided that she was getting us all Valentine's Day presents or whatever. Mm -hmm. And there was like, like stringy underwear in there and like condoms and stuff like that. And I was like, mom, did you get this for me? Thanks. And she was like, no, I didn't do that. Who gave that to you? And I was like, yeah, and timers got one too. And she's like, I have no idea. And it was just kind of like, like she, it was her being like if you're having sex be safe uh -huh. and have fun but also couldn't like do that in person That's and was just cute. like yeah yeah like in her mind she was like this 14 year old will totally believe that there's like a valentine's day santa claus and i never have to deal with that yeah, you know yeah yeah, yeah. try yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh shit yeah but like all those things don't translate like unless you like know more about the person and the relationship so it's just like yeah these very small things but I'm glad that I am getting them back though, because at first there was just mostly just the negative things, sort of, you know, and I think it was the, you know, trying to find like closure for a bunch of shit that you're like, well, I have to, I'm not going to get help. That's not going to be a two way street now. No, I just have to like figure out how you like hold love and anger in the, each hand and you know, mm -hmm. yeah. I think that's a great way to end it. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how can people find your art and your comedy and all the things you do? Okay, so I don't really have a platform for comedy online at all, except for my Facebook, I guess. I'm the worst at that stuff. Everyone else I know has like a website with their like tour dates and stuff, and I'm just like, oh yeah, I forgot I have a show tonight. Does anyone want to go? 
Um, but for uh, my artwork and stuff, uh, patreon.com slash radishprints. Um, you can come and check it out. I usually have some things that are just uh, open to look at for free. Um, if you pay um, five bucks, then you can, you know, print off things once a week. Um, I got all kinds of weird stuff on there. And then there's also, I, I do like these full color prints that I send out once a month to people, like copies of things, you know, so. Um, if you're into weird art uh, that you don't necessarily need, that's uh, that's the place to go for it. Always need art. Yeah, yeah. maybe not this art, but <laughs> definitely some kind of art, but you know. If you like unnecessary things, that's that's where to go. Heck yeah. Yeah. Thanks for Yeah, thank you. That is a wrap for episode 14 of Talking Shit About. Thanks again, Ferd, for coming on the show, and I hope you all will stay tuned for September 2nd episode, which will be part three of our grief series with my friend Bree from New Old Future. It's another great conversation, so look forward to that. And if you have not gotten a chance, please subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify. Also, if you're on Spotify and want to give me a rating, that'd be awesome. I don't have any at the moment. Granted, if you do a negative one, it'll hurt my feelings, but you know, that's up to you. Free speech, blah, blah, blah. So stay tuned next month and love ya.